Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. And in three, two, and one. This week, this, 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 this week, this week, this, 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 this week. This week in Geek. This week in Geek, we cover Ezra Miller, Pokemon, and Valorant. Hello, hello, everybody. Welcome to the first episode of the This Week in Geek podcast. We are Matt and Kevin, and um yeah we're we're hosting a new show for those of us yeah for those of you who don't know us um we used to host a show called believe in overwatch league or believe in overwatch for the believe podcast network and now we're doing this so um a little bit about ourselves kevin you want to tell the folks about who you are and what you do and what your favorite aspects of geekdom are yeah um i i find this really interesting just between us two but um for me personally i come from an esports background i've played a lot of um i played competitively for my college and i've also coached and now i do commentary uh for pokemon unite and valorant um in the college scene so that is my main source in terms of video gaming um but in terms of just having fun and stuff i also collect a lot of manga and anime so my focus on top of the geek stuff that we usually cover i will be covering all the weeb stuff for you guys so hopefully that will be enough for you guys to enjoy and uh have us cover as much as possible um and as i said earlier my name is matt i typically go for like film or television pop culture just general gaming stuff as well not as much into the competitive scene as kevin but having covered the overwatch league i do have a little bit of understanding of competitive gaming in that sense um used to be a well i technically i still am um a, an entertainment journalist i mostly work in social media for entertainment brands now so i'm pretty plugged into the world of entertainment um, and that's, I guess, what I will be focusing on. So hooray for expanding our horizons in the world of podcasting. Um, so, Kevin, for you, how does it feel like to be able to now kind of stretch our wings a little bit more? And like as much as we both love gaming and we both like I, I would say I enjoyed covering the Overwatch League while especially when it was like still the hot new thing and it wasn't plagued with the blizzard woes but um i'm excited to like actually be able to cover things that i was more interested in than the overwatch league sometimes and like not being able to really talk about them um and because we couldn't really tie them to gaming in the last podcast was a little bit of a constraint that i'm really glad that we don't have and hopefully now like i said it on the last episode of believe in overwatch but like now i think as long as like we have the time and we have the connections, like we can probably bring more guests onto the show, which um, I was always really excited to do. And I really had a good time when we had those interview episodes. Yeah, I definitely think that this expands our horizons like ridiculously. Um, you know, we, we originally had to be focused in on 
just what's going on in Overwatch, what's what's going on in just a small like microcosm of you know geek culture. And now that we finally get to like kind of stretch our wings a little bit, um, we can now talk about things that we we've wanted to talk about for a while. I mean, um, I know that Matt, you're more into like the superhero uh, comic book aspect as mm-hmm. well. Um, I'm not a hundred percent in tune with that, but I'm a hundred percent in tune with you know new manga releases and anime drops and stuff like that. So um, I do think that we have a lot more that we can cover. Um, in this new podcast and still keep a pulse on some of the esports things that we've grown to love so anyway how have you been since we last uh casted together which was only a week ago but we're only a week ago now yeah yes it feels Uh, longer just because we're in a new show yeah it, it does feel like you know we get a fresh start now it's something that's you know exciting for us to be able to dive into something crazy but in terms of the week um it's been pretty good um getting back into the flow of working at the escape room which is a lot of fun um and yeah just spending my spending my downtime organizing my bookshelf trying to figure out what i want to watch next and uh finishing up a couple series with some friends um through through my discord so definitely having a lot of fun catching up on shows that i haven't been able to and having people to chat with uh to just talk about you know parts of the series that's a lot of fun uh what about you matt how's how's your week going how's everything on your end it's been a little bit of chaos because um on what was it on friday i went on a date with one girl then we went out on saturday again and on sunday i met up with my roommates who I haven't seen since well some i've seen a couple of them on and on like Okay, so I live like maybe five, ten minutes, depending on how fast I drive and what the traffic's like from my best friend who used to be one of my roommates. Um, We occasionally would see another roommate, Josh. Um, Then our other roommate, Evaristo, moved to the East Coast. They moved to, I think, D.C. and Virginia area to do some his master's degree in political science. Our other roommate, Austin, moved down to San Diego just because that's where his family was and that's where the biotech jobs were. And then our other roommate, Bradley, went to Dubai, then to Canada, then back to Dubai. Um, so we saw everybody on Sunday except for Bradley because he's not going to fly all the way out here just for for a one-day hangout, although it would have been cool if he did. been a lot cooler if he did. Um, so it, that was an interesting time, like seeing just gathering everybody back together again. And like even though we're kind of in different places in our lives it's like it still kind of felt like we hadn't been away from each other just because um i don't think we've all we've all changed personality wise that much so it was it was good to gather everybody together again um and then i went to a camp party afterwards we didn't get our um we after unicamp because we got flooded in uh we didn't necessarily get to to have like to, to end the week the way that we wanted to. We we missed our like kind of closing chapel time where we could kind of get together and just kind of reflect on the week and just kind of learn what each other's real names are because up at Unicamp we go by camp names. Mine is Ninja, um, which is pretty much <laughs> all of my account names have something to do with with Ninja in them. Um, and we usually have like an after camp party, so we didn't get to do that, but. Two weeks later, 
we we all got together and decided to finally have it, which is kind of unfortunate because some people had already like went back home, so we didn't get to see everybody. But it was good to see the people who came. Um, and then this week is like starting premieres for the show that I'm working on, so just being on call all the time, and it kind of sucks because like on Monday I was working for eight, for like 18 hours because we were just kind of waiting around for the uh, the client to tell us to or to send us the assets to post or whatever. Um, and they never did. And then they just posted themselves like at 3am. So that kind of sucked a little bit. Not not the most fun. Um, so it's a little bit stressful. And then I have another I have another date tomorrow with a different girl. Yeah, with a different girl. And then I have I'm hanging out with a friend Friday. I have a date with a third girl on Saturday. And then Sunday, I think I finally get to relax. So I'm Dang, juggling really a lot of things into your right now. Popular phase. I didn't I, it's weird because like I'm I'm kind of in my quote unquote hoe phase now, I guess. Not really a hoe phase because I'm not doing anything. It's just like, oh, I'm going on dates with three different girls, which is weird because normally like when I date people, like I'll I'll just like date one girl at a time. I felt I've always felt weird about like dating multiple people at once. But like I went on Hinge for the first time in a long time, and then I immediately like got three matches with girls that were like actually talking to me. So it's like you know what, the world's gonna end sometime soon. Might as well just like have fun before like the powers that be send the nukes and blow us all up. So that's where I'm at in my life socially. <laughs> Anyway, so not everybody came here to listen to us spiel about what our lives are. They came here for the uh, the geek stuff coverage. So let's get into it, shall we? Um, so, Kevin, um, what do you know about all the drama that's happening with Ezra Miller right now? Yeah, I don't know much about, you know, the whole Ezra Miller thing. All I know is whatever happens on my timeline. If it's uh, <laughs> if it's I only get little like glimpses of whatever whatever it's just on my timeline but i don't i don't know the extent of it okay um i don't want to like go through the whole depressing litany of everything that ezra miller's done but um to kind of summarize everything uh ezra miller was has been playing the flash since uh i think around 2016 ish um he had a, a or they they use they them pronouns so they had a um a cameo in batman v superman uh had a more substantial role in the justice league um and then was supposed to be the star or technically still is the star of the the flash movie that's so we don't know when it's coming out because drama um at at one point Ezra Miller started getting a little bit chaotic um they started, I guess, beefing with the KKK, which I have no problem with. Go ahead, beef with the KKK. They suck. They deserve all the awful things that happened to them. Um, and if you think that's a controversial opinion, you're wrong. Uh, after the whole, they, they started posting things, calling out the KKK, because apparently the KKK were like following them on set of The Flash. Um, as it was trying to start fights, whatever, that, that blew past. And then... Um, there were reports that Ezra Miller had been grooming um, a Native American child uh, who I think was a teenager, but they'd known Ezra 
for several years, Ezra started like paying to go on flights with them or like sleeping in the same bed. And then the parents were getting very concerned and tried to get a restraining order against Ezra. And then the teenager commented online that like nothing's wrong between them, that just a whole mess of things there. Um, And then there's reports that Ezra is violent, like fighting people, punching people, breaking into their houses. Um, There was a recent incident where Ezra finally got served a, uh, a warrant for breaking into someone's house, I think to steal wine. Um, There are reports that Ezra's living on a ranch with guns everywhere. And then a, a baby like put a bullet in their mouth. So there's just a lot of, nonsense going on right there and a lot of people are branding Ezra a menace to society and in spite of it all in spite of all this chaos all this negative attention Warner Brothers has not decided to either cancel the Flash film or to recast the main role of the Flash from Ezra Miller and maybe do some uh, some digital uh, like reshoots or or digitally editing that new actor in. I personally think they should never have cast Ezra in the first place because Ezra just doesn't look like Barry Allen in any of the comics. Uh, I think Grant Gustin was a good choice or someone who looked like Grant Gustin. It wouldn't have necessarily been Grant Gustin because there's conflicts there and confusion over the, the Flash TV show, which is separate from the movie. Um, but I mean, there's precedent for studios doing reshoots before, like when Crystalia was, um, well, not outed because it was kind of an open secret. But when people started to acknowledge that he kind of had predatory semi-pedophilia behavior, um, he was supposed to be in the movie Army of the Dead. And then they did reshoots with Tignataro last minute, which I mean, it wasn't a major role. But it was still enough that they had to go back and reshoot it. Same thing with, um, I think the movie was called All the Money in the World or something. It was about William Randolph Hearst. Initially, Kevin Spacey was supposed to play that role. But after all of Kevin Spacey's inappropriate and predatory sexual behavior came out, they they did all the reshoots and cast Christopher Plummer in the role. And Christopher Plummer is a fantastic actor. So it probably made the movie even better. Um. But Warner Brothers wasn't willing to do that. It's interesting that they're willing to cancel a lot of films that were already in the can that didn't really have these kinds of problems with them. Like Batgirl was already done. Um, I think there was a sequel to the animated Scooby-Doo movie that was already done. And the reason that they said they canceled Batgirl was because it tested poorly. But I mean, the film was done and they scrapped it. Like Scoob was done and they scrapped it, but they're still holding out hope for the flash movie because i think the flash movie is supposed to be based on the um i think the crisis on infinite earth's timeline either that or flashpoint i think it might be both um where it's going to try to reset a lot of the dc cinematic universe and then transition into this new 10-year plan that they have that was created when discovery and warner merged um and so they're they're holding out hope in spite of everything that people will still go see this movie and it, it's 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 pivotal because it's setting up everything to come next for DC and DC is still like a pivotal property for Warner Brothers. Now, concerning Ezra Miller, there were three options that Warner Brothers was going to go with. The first option was um, that Ezra Miller would come out 
have an apology, seek legal help, seek therapy, and just apologize for all the things that they've done leading up to this point. The second option was they would release the film, but just do little to no press at all, especially avoiding all mention of Ezra Miller. And the third option was to completely scrap the movie. Um, what happened was they're going now officially with option one. Ezra Miller uh, came out and apologized for their behavior. Um, and they said, having recently gone through a time of intense crisis, I now understand that I am suffering complex mental health issues and have been ongoing, begun ongoing treatment. I want to apologize to everyone that I have alarmed and upset with my past behavior. I am committed to doing the necessary work to get back to a healthy, safe, and productive stage in my life. Um, I personally don't think that that's good enough. I think Warner Brothers is play, making an incredibly risky and kind of stupid gamble by keeping Ezra in here um, when a actors have been replaced for much less than they're doing um it's just not a good look like the, the fact that ezra's has all these criminal charges against them and is just con continuously hurting people and seems to not really care this seems like an easy out for ezra like there there's, seems to be at this point to be no consequences at all yeah it's something that as a as a company it's I, I understand if you've shot the film and like everything is done, but at the same time, it's like you're, you're, this is something that will follow you for a while. Like you can't, you, you can't just erase this later. You have to either own up to it or find a way how to like fix it really soon. And with them saying, oh, we're doubling down, he's just going to apologize, or they're just going to apologize, we're going to figure it out. I don't think that that's, that's just like a cop out. Mm -hmm. I, I think that you have the resources to to make it work and like to if you needed to reshoot it, then reshoot it. But I don't see uh I don't see that happening anytime soon. I hope that like I hope that there's enough outrage enough for people to make make the change or, you know, force force their hand a little bit, maybe. Mm-hmm. I mean, like, Kevin, you do, You went to film school, yes? Yes, I did. Like, if it was you at this point, and, like, you were either the casting director or you're the director from this film, and you have a, an actor that's as toxic as Ezra Miller going around, like, how are you feeling about this if you're if you're in those shoes? Uh, I, I don't feel comfortable. Um, this is something that, as a... As a filmmaker, this is something that like my producer, my producing teacher said, making a movie is like taking a briefcase full of like thousands and thousands of dollars, throwing it off a cliff and expecting it to be there or with more money. Um, and mm -hmm. to for for the sake of the show itself or like for for the sake of the movie, like having something negative tied to your main actor um, is definitely not going to help you later down the line. So I do yeah. think that I, I think that you need to make the change now um, if you want to keep the audience from going, because now it, it becomes the second half of it of like, okay, well, what if you do make the movie and people do see it? Like, 
are people going to to boycott the movie because Ezra's in the movie? Um, and not just the fact that like it could be a you know it could be a great film, but at the same time, like you're having all this negative press, and that hurts your initial box office release sales. And you need to you need to figure out a way how to fix that before you even release the film. So I I think that they are making a mistake, even from a producing half. I think that you just have to you just have to make that adjustment. You have to either recast or hopefully not have to completely scrap the movie there. Yeah. But I mean like th- there are some people that I've seen discussing this that are saying that like because of all the controversy surrounding Ezra, because Warner Brothers is still so committed to releasing this film because everything kind of hangs upon its existence to set up the rest of of what their 10-year plan is, like that itself is going to drive people to go to the theater. Yeah, exactly. Like you're you're shooting yourself in the foot before you've even started the race. That's just the best way to like really describe this whole thing. No, I mean, like, um, like, like, because it's so controversial and Ezra's going so crazy, people are going to watch the movie simply because of that. Like, now they're more interested in seeing the movie. Yeah. It is, a, is a take that I've seen. Yeah, I, I could see both of those, but I do think that, like, at the end of the day, I think the, I think the negative press is going to hurt them a little bit more than the, okay. than what's happening right now. Then maybe, like, and, the spectacle that would draw people in. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Like I'm, t- I'm like, I'm very torn on this issue because I I want to see this movie because one it sets up a lot of things and two Michael Keaton is back as Batman but also I don't want to like support Ezra's negative behavior so I feel like as much as I want this movie to to do well for everybody else that worked on it um I might just have to like give it a pass and then just wait for it to go on HBO Max or something where it's like I'm not actively contributing to to ezra's paycheck and residuals you know yeah that that may be the answer just everybody could see it but just not you know supporting it at the start which also sucks for like again for a lot of the people who had nothing to do with ezra's behavior and are just trying to work on this movie and just wanted to create the best art as possible it's like Ezra's now ruined this for all of them. So. I mean, at the very least, I think Warner Brothers has confirmed that after this, Ezra's no longer going to be involved in anything Flash related. So they're they're adamant at this point and they're, they're set on replacing them as the actor. So at least after this, we won't have to worry about it. Um, I don't know. I haven't seen the uh, Fantastic Beasts movie. Um, I know a lot of like the marketing for that movie specifically completely avoided any talk of Ezra because that movie was doing the press and premiering when all the stuff was going on. So it'll be interesting to see if how, how this movie is discussed in terms of Ezra when it releases. Moving on to another really controversial movie topic. Um, so, Kevin, would if if I told you there was a basketball movie starring Jamie Foxx and Robert Downey Jr. 
would you want to go see it? Yeah, why not? Uh, why not, you ask? Let me tell you why not. Um, So Jamie Foxx has had this movie on the shelf. He filmed it in 2016. It's called All Star Weekend. Um, its cast includes Jeremy Piven, Robert Downey Jr., Benicio Del Toro, Gerard Butler, and Eva Longoria. Like, all very well-renowned actors, right? Mm-hmm. Very skilled craftspeople. Yes. Um, the movie, uh, it's called All-Star Weekend, obviously, so it's about um, two friends who take a road trip to L.A. to go see the All-Star game, and they meet a bunch of crazy characters along the way, just kind of like every buddy road movie that's ever existed. Um now, the, the issue here is that Jamie Foxx had Robert Downey Jr., who is white, play a Mexican man. And then okay. one, of, one of the things that Jamie Foxx played was a, a racist white cop. And okay. So, <laughs> so I, I feel like just based on that information, it seems like it's like they're taking a page out of um or like at least tropic jamie thunder. tropic thunder and like jamie fox was taking a page out of um eddie murphy's book of playing multiple characters but like uh, robert downey jr is a mexican man is especially in this era i mean like 2016 was a little bit before a lot of people became really socially conscious about casting and mm-hmm. representation and portrayal in the media so i mean it was a it doesn't seem that long ago it was only quote unquote only six years ago but a lot has culturally changed since then like in 2016 we had not yet had the me too movement that didn't come till um i can't remember it was end of 2017 or beginning of 2018 but that didn't happen until until then like four years ago this was six years ago um Mm -hmm. and like the uh the push for more asian representation the push for more black res- representation like we didn't have black panther yet we didn't have crazy rich asians yet so um and yeah like you bring up tropic thunder and like my friend sent me this story uh and, and my first thought was like oh so they're they're kind of doing a, a tropic thunder thing again um, I, that's mm-hmm. curious but i mean if you i think tropic thunder was even earlier i think that was maybe a 2012 movie mm-hmm or something like that. It's it's even earlier than this. So if you look at the landscape back then, even it was significantly less um, progressive and, and representation and um, diversity minded. And then what the thing also about Tropic Thunder, which I, I haven't seen it yet um, still all these years later, but mm-hmm. where I think Tropic Thunder was, was a satire on that from what yes. I've heard and what people have told me, like the fact that Robert Downey Jr. is doing blackface is meant to be satire. And I, I don't, again, I haven't seen this, so I don't know how they handled it. So I can't really comment too much on that, but the fact that that is, is satire and it also comes from a different time um, compared to what Jamie Foxx was doing here with this movie I, I don't know whether that could be as justified. And again, no one's seen the movie because it's uh, it's not been released. It's been held on the shelf. Um, and what Jamie Foxx has to say about this is it's it's been tough with the lay of the land when it comes to comedy. Uh, we're trying to break open the sensitive corners where people go back to laughing again. We hope to keep them laughing and run them right 
into All-Star Weekend because we're definitely going for it. Um, and he talked to Joe Rogan back in 2017 before I think a lot of us knew who Joe Rogan really was. I mean, we knew who he was, but he didn't. He, I don't think he was as popular in his podcast. But he said, so I called Robert. I said, I need you to play a Mexican. And I said, shit, you played the black dude in Tropic Thunder and you killed that shit. We got to be able to do characters. Um, I I don't know. I still don't think that it's right. Yeah. That's it's weird because it, I, I've talked to people before who they they play both male and female characters. I think, I don't know if they're, they consider themselves non-binary or, or not. Or if they just are able to play both male and female characters. But their perspective was, is I'm an actor. I'm playing a character. I should be able to do my work if I'm the best person for the role. Um, I There shouldn't be an issue. As long as I can do it and perform it convincingly, then I should be able to get whatever role I want. Which then, of course, brings back um, questions of, of Scarlett Johansson playing transgender folks or playing characters who are canonically Asian just because she, just because she's Scarlett Johansson, just because she thinks she can and just because she makes money and people will ostensibly go and see her. Um, but going to like Robert Downey Jr., I, I wasn't okay with it when Scarlett Johansson did it and I don't think I'm okay with it with Robert Downey Jr. doing it. Yeah, I... I get it now, like, in terms of, like, the satire in Tropic Thunder was that it was, like, an Australian guy who couldn't figure out, like, what he wanted to do, so he had to do a role that was, like, outside of, like, everything that was normal for him, and, like, yeah, that was literally based off of a satire, it was done way before this movie, um, the, I, I do understand, like, you know, right now in our current climate, we do have a lot of like, you know, a lot of representation, a lot of people like being like releasing these movies would be a lot harder to kind of sell on a on a big stage. Um, I I understand why Jamie Foxx is hanging on to it. And I I do say like that's probably the best idea for now. Um, I would not put it past them eventually to put it on to like a if it went like straight to DVD or something and like you, you just saw what happens with this, it, it might be something that people might be interested in, but I honestly think that, you know, knowing Jamie Foxx, he, he just wants to pocket it, save it as his own thing. Uh, and, uh, never let it see the light of day. I, I think that's currently where we're at in terms of like the comedy genre where it's still like kind of, it's kind of scary to to put out something that might, you know, have even more backlash on your career. Yeah, it's, I think it's an interesting new facet to the conversation that a lot of comedians, like there are comedians who, who want to be very socially conscious and they try to avoid doing things like this or taking roles like this. Um, but then there are also people who think that comedy is comedy and there should be no limits to it. I, uh, 
I agree that comedy is comedy, but I do think that there are some things that like, while you can do them, you really shouldn't. Mm -hmm. And it's like, I think, I think an uh, an example that I want to bring up in relation to this kind of is like stuff dealing with Hitler. Like Hitler's a very sensitive topic for a lot of people um the the holocaust obviously was a, a horrific time period and and a lot of people don't don't think that like hitler representations are maybe the best thing to do um but then again you have things like jojo rabbit that takes hitler and completely makes him a joke um who makes him a, a young boy's like imaginary friend and you're having uh taika waititi play it but i think what that did well was it it made hitler ridiculous and it like in the end you never forgot that hitler was the bad guy in this um i think it it was done i think rather tastefully and artfully and it was kind of it was proving a point and and i think it's interesting also that taika waititi like didn't research hitler because he didn't he didn't want to like be hitler he just wanted to be like a joke of hitler in which I, that doesn't that sounds kind of weird the way I say it, but like to to listen to how he describes it, it's like he didn't want to like know what Hitler was actually like because he didn't have to for this movie. Like what Hitler did was horrific, and he didn't really have to want need to expose himself even more to the horrors of who Hitler was to do this joking mocking portrayal of the man. Um, and I think where, I mean, obviously we haven't no one's seen the movie, but I don't think that telling Robert Downey Jr. to play a Mexican man because he played a black man before constitutes as tasteful or artful or maybe even funny. Like, I love RDJ, but, like, he can't do every role. Yeah, and, and I get it. Like, maybe if it was... Maybe if it was released at the time that it was made, maybe we would have a different opinion. We would look at it kind of how we look at, like, movies like dodgeball and stuff like that where it was like oh it's funny at the time but you can't get you can't get away with this now <laughs> like stuff like that would be along the same lines that i would think um but you know it, it's good that he decided to pull that back and you know it it will never see the light of day and it, it's okay yeah i think maybe had they released this right after tropic thunder it would have mm -hmm. been green like no problem because yeah. Robert Downey Jr. was still on his his high notes after um, after Iron Man. He was still like the most in-demand actor, probably one of the most in-demand actors in the world at the time. Um, and like Tropic Thunder was a hit. So had they released this closer to then, this movie would probably be out now. But I think they waited a little bit too long and people started to understand a little bit more about like what you should or should not do regarding kind of like race and ethnicity relations and and making them into like kind of characters caricatures or jokes so uh, i think i think jamie fox he waited a little too long to to try to go on this bandwagon um so here i don't really watch a lot of reality television um are you a tele reality television watcher kevin uh, I am not. Uh, okay. My my dad is though. I, okay. I'm more of just a 
I'll watch it if it happens to be on, but I'm not really like I'm not tuning in to watch it. Yeah. Um so I'm not a I'm not a big watcher of reality television, but one of the shows that I do watch when it's on is Shark Tank. Now you're familiar with Shark Tank, Kevin, right? Yes, I know I know of Shark Tank. Yeah, okay. So Shark Tank, for those of you who don't know, it's a show where I think it's five um five very wealthy investors. I think they're all like millionaires or maybe even billionaires. Um I think I don't is Mark Cuban a billionaire? I think he's still a millionaire. Okay. So very wealthy investors, entrepreneurs, um, people with successful companies who have money and investments that they want to make and the, the capacity to do that um, will invite some struggling entrepreneurs onto their show and they will pitch their products. And in real time, you can kind of watch how these negotiations happen. They're, they're trying to get them to invest in their companies and the sharks will ask questions and they'll either invest or not invest. Um, ostensibly the show claims that all these negotiations and transactions are real and they're not coached or coaxed. We don't know the truth behind that, but on its head, it's just a look into how entrepreneurs can make, how they make investments and business deals happen. Um, and I know that for a lot of people, it's been a very big inspiration for them to like try to get into the investment world or the entrepreneurship world for a lot of companies. If like even just going on the show will like even if they don't get that deal, it'll tenfold increase their uh, their products like people will know people who've been on the show will know when they've rerun an episode because they'll see a spike in the purchases of their products or their services. Now, um, the usual cast in the show is Mark Cuban, who is owns a lot of companies. He owns the Dallas Mavericks, which I think he's most known for. He is um, a billionaire. I just checked. Okay, so he is a billionaire. So I think I think he might be probably the richest person on the show, I want to say. Um, then there's Damon John, who works in the fashion world mostly. He created the brand FUBU. Um, then there's Lori Grenier, who's quote unquote the queen of QVC. Um, I don't know if she started QVC or just she owns it or or whatever, but she's the queen of QVC. Um, Kevin O'Leary, quote unquote Mr. Wonderful. Uh, I think he started selling educational software and then just from there on just acquired more companies and sold more companies and now he's uber wealthy. Um, Barbara Corcoran is a real estate mogul. She's sold a lot in New York and built her wealth that way. Um, and then of the regular cast, the last one I think is Robert Herjavec. And I think he's into security software. I want to say he's, I think he's into, I think he's security, um, but those are like the general cast things will like shift around sometimes so that there may be not always the, uh, that that's not always the full cast. They have guest entrepreneurs that come in sometimes to, um, to make their investments. Sometimes maybe if their schedules aren't aligned, they have more regular recurring sharks that will come in. Um, but one of the, uh, one of the guest sharks that's scheduled to come in, um, is, uh, is Gwyneth Paltrow who founded goop. Oh, I don't, okay. I don't like that. I really don't I, like that. <laughs> I mean, it de it depends on what they want to invest in, and obviously, like the the thing that's interesting about Shark Tank is like 
you have some ideas where you're like, oh, yeah, that's really smart. And then you have some that you're like, uh, I don't know about that one. And I, I feel yeah. like, you know, it it's their money. Like, we're, we're in no place to to say, like, oh, you shouldn't invest in that or whatever. But, yeah, I, I guess if you need another celebrity person to, to fill that in, go for it. But I... <laughs> I don't know if this yeah. is the, the go-to play. I mean, just like a quick aside, like you, you've seen Shark Tank, right, Kevin? You've watched the show a little bit. Yeah. Um, Do you have any like products that you immediately hated? Like just from the beginning? Because because I do. I have one that I absolutely despise. I don't, um, I don't know off the top of my head, but okay. like I know I've seen some products where I'm just like, yeah, that's dumb. Like, okay, okay. I, one, I hate the- this. The one that I absolutely hate and the fact that this got an investment really pisses me off, but it's, it's dude wipes. I I think I've seen that one. (laughs) It's they're baby wipes, but for men, which I don't understand what the difference is there besides the fact that you are banking on toxic masculinity to sell this product. That is literally the only difference is that they're for dudes. They're for grown men, whereas opposed to like you're buying baby wipes. It, it's just I don't understand it. They are much more expensive than just a pack of baby wipes. It's ridiculously more expensive. I think like maybe a, I think I've seen a pack for like five bucks where I can get a pack of like 180 baby wipes, depending on the brand for like $2, which is ridiculous. Mm-hmm. Um, it's just, it's selling toxic masculinity. And the fact that they invested kind of pisses me off. Um, and I think it was just, it was the men who invested in this product. So go figure. Um, but oh, just also to link it to uh, Robert Downey Jr. Like, if you don't know who Gwyneth Paltrow is, she is an actress. She was Pepper Potts in all of the Marvel Iron Man movies. Um, I had a crush on her for a, a little bit because, like, she was hot in Iron Man. I'll say it. I thought she was hot in Iron Man. Um, she played a ginger character. I like gingers. Uh, go figure. Um, but she was also, like, in Shakespeare in Love. Um, she is the daughter of Blythe Danner, who is the mom in the Meet the Parents movies. Um, but she's also most recently known for her brand Goop, which sells kind of r- ridiculous, like frou frou bougie products. Like one of the things that she was infamous for was a, a candle that smells like her vagina, and then like a vagina egg that like p- women would put in there to uh, strengthen the muscles in their vagina. So that that is that is what Goop does. And the fact that she is going on to Shark Tank is kind of like a you're really scraping the bottom of the barrel here, guys. Yeah, you you don't it Yeah, it's it's very weird. Like I I'm okay with having them on as like a guest, maybe, but like I don't know as a regular. Like you can't, you can't really be doing that. <laughs> I honestly will probably see clips of it online. I don't know if like I'm not consistent with watching the show, so I don't know if I'll see it when it airs. I'll probably mm-hmm. see clips online when it happens, and I we can we can update you on what happens there. But yeah, we could we could roast her uh, investment picks depending on what what they are. Uh, I'm scared to what she's going to invest in. <laughs> I'm really scared because like 
these products are now going to be out in the marketplace and people will buy them. Like I, I have to see dude wipes every single time I go to shop for camp supplies because I need baby wipes to bring up there. And every single time I see dude wipes and I have to remember someone marketed this just on toxic masculinity and I hate it. Anyway, Kevin, you have some topics that you'd like to talk about. Yeah, let, let's get into some fun stuff. Um, the the first thing is this Friday, or you know, starting up on the Friday, um, we will be starting the Pokemon World Championships. Um, this is also the reason why, if you go to McDonald's right now, uh, people have Happy Meals of Pokemon stuff. So um, it's to promote, you know, the Pokemon World Championships, which for the first time in three years is back on a LAN. Um, really exciting. So it is happening this weekend in London. Um, so this will have coverage for VGC, um, the video game competitive, the trading card game competitive, Pokemon Go, Pokken, which is the Pokemon fighting game uh, cross like Tekken kind of style, um, and Pokemon Unite. So all all flavors of Pokemon going to be represented here. Um, they have an amazing shop right now too. If anybody is following the uh, the socials for that, there's a lot of world uh, world exclusive stuff that you know. I wish I could be there, but um, we are, we are unfortunately I don't have a ticket to London to go and go and do that. So London is uh, that's far. not going to be the case. Yeah, London is pretty far. <laughs> um, but yeah, it's going to be really interesting um, for myself personally. If you guys are interested in watching uh, some Pokemon Unite matches, I will be hosting a viewing party um, at our ungodly hour for it. It starts at 9 a.m. Um, in London. So that is 1 a.m. PST. So um, I'm essentially getting home from work, like taking a quick shower and then getting ready for the watch party, which is you know, the Pokemon world championships. So it's going to be really interesting to see how it goes and plays through. Um, and yeah, we're going to, we're going to be doing that. They've also unveiled the trophy for this year, which is a Pikachu holding a smaller trophy and it's on the trophy. So you get a big trophy of a Pikachu holding a smaller trophy. <laughs> um, and uh, it, it's a really cool trophy. I'm glad that they are going to be giving that away in London. So definitely Stay tuned if you guys want to know what's go what's going on in that. Um, I'll probably give you an update on who came home uh, with certain prizes, but for the most part, I am going to be focusing on the Pokemon Unite stuff because that is kind of where my focus is um, in terms of the Pokemon stuff. But yeah, it's going to be a really excellent weekend. I know that there's going to be a lot of events, and yeah, if you if you are interested in watching any of this make sure to check in on the twitch channel and see what uh see what happens you'll never guess what i had for dinner kevin i did it did it have to do something with the promotional goods for pokemon world championships it did it really did (laughs) um but yeah no i i my sister sent me uh, a post saying that oh they've got pokemon stuff back at mcdonald's and like the only reason I collect Pokemon cards now is because they, what was it, two years ago when they had the Pokemon, the last Pokemon collaboration? Was it two years ago? Or I it, think so, something like that. It wasn't last year. It was, I'm pretty sure it was two years ago, I want to say. 
I think it was two might years be a ago. Th- two or three years ago, maybe because like if they are doing it at the same time as World Championships, it no, it, it was twenty twenty one. It was twenty twenty one. Was the okay. last time I think they had a, a promotion. So it was last year. But after that, like me and my siblings kind of got hooked, and we started buying Pokemon cards all the time. So when we found out that this was happening, we kind of we kind of had to. And today was day one of this promotion. Like it was the first day. I'm pretty sure, right? I I, I want to say the sixteenth. It's, it's been out since like well since the start of this week so oh well then i was wrong i thought it was starting today but anyway um yeah the promotion just started i think it's going to like september it's like mid-september right am i wrong on that it, too i i hope so i the longer <laughs> the better you know yeah um but it comes with um it comes with four cards and a spinner thing that lets you play the game and like i didn't understand it until you kind of like explained it to me kevin um but it's in now that i think about it it's kind of interesting and it's kind of uh i don't know if it'll be effective but it's a kind of smart way to get kids to uh to understand what a pokemon card is better and like the different elements of it um i just think that the instructions that they included are incredibly difficult to understand yeah it's it's just a simpler way of like looking at the cards and saying who wins but you know sometimes sometimes it's just not how it works in in the actual game but um at least it's an interesting way of getting kids to like look at all of the look at all the cards and like yeah. where certain the stats are so now from how i understand it this is how it goes you have a, a paper coin that comes with the uh the, the pack the little box you get there's a paper coin you flip it and if it comes up one side um you get a point if the later the number that you find later is higher or if it comes up the other side if it's lower and then you look at the spinner and you spin it and it, it um what are the different categories kevin it's 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 like weight pokedex number uh i don't know some other weird stuff i don't yes yeah, so gotta there's different yeah. categories on this Pokemon card. Um, and then depending on if you look at the card that I guess you have, you pick. If it's a higher number or a lower number, you get a point. The first to three points wins. Um, and it's just it gets you familiar with the information that they include on a Pokemon card. I don't know if it's actually going to be effective because honestly, like, let's be real. The people who are buying these Poke, like it happened last time that they had a uh, a Pokemon promotion. The people who are going to be buying this are mostly going to be adults who grew up with Pokemon. It's not going to be kids. And it's going to be adults who are going to buy the thing and then throw away the food and not even eat it, which is absolutely ridiculous um, and should not be happening, but it's going to happen anyway. So, Yeah, and I, w- I would say they also have a limit right now, I know, of um, like number of like things you can buy um so that way they prevented scalpers from just like going through and buying them all so that that's really nice um but yeah it's gonna be it's gonna be interesting i i hope people i hope people actually eat their eat their menu eat eat what they order because that's that's kind of a waste i did that was my dinner (laughs) there we go you get more than one if you really wanted to oh i got two oh there you go (laughs) Like um one one little cheeseburger is not gonna do it for me. Exactly. I, I feel that. You you gotta you gotta eat more than more than just the one, you know. 
but from moving on from one you know uh video game property to another we are going to be talking about uh what happened over this weekend for the valorant championship tours um this was the last chance qualifiers this weekend um we were mainly focusing on the na scene just because we are from na um if you want us to focus on everything feel free to let us know um we we can umbrella out our terms for this um but yeah it was the last chance qualifiers for teams to go ahead and book uh one of their 16 slots for the valorant championships which are going to be happening um starting at the end of the month so um 100 thieves was able to secure down that final na spot lucky for them um, being able to punch their ticket i believe over the guard um was the final uh was the final match there um but yeah, VCT this year, if you guys are interested in ever going, uh, it will be um, in Istanbul this year. Um, with Istanbul? Per t- Istanbul. Out of all um, the places, Istanbul. Maybe, maybe, they have a, maybe they have a really cool arena that they want to show off. Um, but apparently, you know, all 16 teams from around the globe are going to be participating. Um, and those games will be starting on August 31st with some of the so with some of the rounds um and we will see how far some of these teams will get um definitely a lot to look forward to and we'll see how well you know the valorant championship tour is going to go but um yeah we'll we'll keep you guys updated on that if you guys are interested in um more coverage of that feel free to watch and tune in um, for the valorant championship tour that will be happening at the end of the month so just to let you guys know, once again, I cover more of the Weeb stuff um, for this actual podcast. We will be diving into what we what we know so far. Um, right now, we are currently dead in the center of the, I believe it's the fall. No, no, no. It's the summer core still. Um, so we're still in the middle of the summer core. So like episode sixes and sevens are still coming out. Um, there's not a lot that I will, um, that I have to push. I'm not really, I'm not really keeping on pulse with, uh, what's going on this season. Um, but there are a lot of shows that I will definitely highlight once I start getting it a little bit more under my belt, but we are slowly approaching, you know, the fall season, which is going to be our final season of the year. Um, and that will start up in October, but we will definitely keep you updated on anything that we happen to learn. Um, it's going to be kind of a perfect storm of a lot of really good shows that are coming out. But um, if you guys are interested in having me cover a certain show, feel free to let me know. Um, I'm down to watch whatever. I if, As long as I have time to go ahead and cover it, I will. So yeah, if, if there is a specific series that you want me to cover uh, week to week, just let me know. Um, and yeah, we should be pretty good in terms of the, uh, anime releases, but in terms of the manga releases, we are approaching kind of this hot season of, of August. There's been a lot of like really good, like releases, a lot of releases that are happening, um, in the month of August. I don't know why it's always in the middle of the core, but they always tend to do this. So, um, last week we got Sakamoto three, which is, um, Sakamoto Days is the manga about a retired um, a retired assassin, and now there's a bounty on his head, and he all he wants to do is eat ramen and protect his family. It seems like a very simple simple goal, but as we all do, exactly. <laughs> um, 
they he he eats two cup noodles a day and that's why he's fat but whenever he does actually get into combat he thins out because he burns all of his calories like a like a madman um but volume three of that series just came out uh last tuesday um as for yesterday as of what is yesterday yes uh two days ago okay never mind well as what came out on tuesday there was a lot that came out um that i'm personally keeping up with so um house husband eight which is a series about um it's about a retired yakuza member who is now a house husband treats his home kind of the same way as he as he trains his turf and has the same mindset going into daily household or daily household tasks um very fun series um so the eighth novel of that came out um i'm waiting on yakuza babysitter three which recently got an anime adaptation and is airing this season um but that one is also another one that i'm keeping my pulse on and then uh the latest one is going to be zombie uh zombie bucket list 100 volume 7 um just came out as well that's going to go ahead and continue on uh that series of a how can i describe it it's a typical office worker finally getting through his bucket list during a zombie apocalypse so um, interesting it is a very fun series it's more of a comedy series than anything else um, a lot of people took it as kind of like a, oh this is a real serious like thing but he takes it, it sound very serious it, it's not he he's like i want to i want to be a superhero so like one of them was like i want to take on a horde of bad guys and so he ends up going to like an aquarium and like putting on like a bunch of like aquatic gear and then just bashing a ton of like zombies in the face and like that's just like something he's always wanted to do um so now he gets to pretend to be a superhero and it's just like things like that best life exactly uh in the middle of the apocalypse so it's just uh you know not not a lot of people can enjoy it but uh the people who he meets along the way can so that is definitely something that uh yeah, I'm I'm interested in reading. Uh, I have yet to pick it up, but I definitely have that on the bucket or on the list, not my bucket list. Um, <laughs> moving on, actually, the one thing that I wanted to give you guys a heads up of, um, because we do record these on Wednesdays um, for this upcoming week, we do have two really big releases. Um, the first one is Blue Period Eight. So if any of you guys are interested in, you know, really. I wouldn't say a super serious. It is more of a educational uh, manga about creating art. Um, Blue Period is a really good series that I would highly recommend. Um, the eighth book is coming out on Tuesday, so definitely keep in tune with that. And then another series that I'm really excited about, um, Delicious in Dungeon 11 comes out, um, which is essentially asking the question, if you played a D&D campaign before, um, can I eat that? That is literally all it is. It is a series of having this small dungeon crew go through the dungeon and ask, can they eat that? And how do we prepare that? Huh. Um, it is a very interesting concept, very fun concept. Um, and, and that's a serious drama, right? It <laughs> so <laughs> the, the the cast is kind of dumb. So <laughs> you you have like the swordsman who's like, mm, this is this can be kind of tasty, and then they have like one guy who knows how to cook everything. So it's just like figure it out. Um, so yeah, delicious in dungeon eleven comes out. Um, I have one through ten on the shelf right now. Um, 
definitely a great series and on top of that for this um, release as well they are also releasing the encyclopedia of all monsters and possibly recipes we don't know if there's anything else in there um, but it's really interesting to see how they like come up with some of these concepts of like monsters that you normally see and how it would be prepared if it were like an animal from that that we're more used to so uh, one of the more interesting ones i think it's in book one is like living armor right so you're like okay there's nothing there's nobody in it right but uh-huh. the armor moves on its own um the way how they came up with the concept of living armor and how it operates is the same as how um muscle and abalone like work because they they do control they control two different parts of a shell um so essentially a living armor is a uh is a series of mollusks that all live inside of the armor so um they have one inner layer Ah. an outer layer and you could like shuck it open cook it kind of that way so um it's really interesting to think about like how certain monsters can be cooked and uh yeah it's just a cool series um and just a cool thought uh for later down the line it did get announced that studio trigger um the people behind series like kill a kill and darling in the franks um did get the rights to delicious and dungeon and will be adapting that into an anime um they do not have a current release date but it is announced to be uh an anime later down the line so i'm really excited to see how well they tackle these characters. Speaking of, of things that are releasing um, this, what is I think Sunday, let me check the calendar really quick. I think it's Sunday. Um, yeah. This Sunday um, house of the dragon releases on HBO max. Um, were you into game of Thrones at all, Kevin? i was not but my father was okay um so i i've met a lot of people who are very apprehensive about this because it's so interesting to see how big game of thrones was as a cultural movement like it was the show that pretty much everybody was talking about every single week there was so much anticipation behind it the cast became like huge celebrities almost overnight you had some really good talent there um people who who have since made their careers on that jason momoa was in it uh sean bean was in it um lena hetty has been in it like of course you have um uh amelia clark daenerys targaryen um kit what's his name kit harrington uh a bunch of like very well-known actors Maisie williams um uh sophie what's her uh i can't remember her last name she married one of the jonas brothers i don't know if she took their name um sophie turner that's her name but a lot of people were just so put off by how it ended it was not satisfying it felt very rushed um the series was the hbo was prepared to give as many seasons to this as the creators wanted but i think they were supposed that the the creators were slated to start working on a star Wars project and they really didn't want to work on game of Thrones anymore because they wanted to do star Wars. So they ended it early. They had fewer episodes in the season and the ending was absolutely unsatisfying. No one enjoyed it. And game of Thrones kind of disappeared overnight. It's amazing how fast people forgot about this because everyone hated the end. Um, 
And now you've got House of the Dragon coming, which is in the same universe. It's not the same creators. It's a prequel to the Game of Thrones series in that it, it's telling the story of the Targaryen family. Um, and there's supposed to be a lot of dragons. I think there's going to be significantly less nudity and sex in this series than uh, Game of Thrones had. And like as Game of Thrones went on, when the shock and like um, novelty of, of just the nudity and the sex kind of wore off, they shied away from that and went more into like the story and the battle scenes, which I was completely fine with. Sure, that's great. That's why I mostly watched it anyway. Um, but I, I don't believe it's going to be as focused here. There is, I think, controversy because I think there is one, from what I've seen, there is one plot point that is centered around one character being a victim of sexual violence. So if you're planning on watching the series and that's something that maybe is a little hard for you to, to watch, I would warn you now. Um, but I mean, I read the book that it's based on. I read the Targaryen history that George R.R. R. Martin put out instead of working on the next book in the actual Game of Thrones series. So I'm going to be watching. Uh, I'm interested to see if they're able to recapture and rekindle the same energy that the world had for Game of Thrones initially. I think it's a 50-50 shot. Um, I think that some people are just over the Game of Thrones thing now. Um, I think there's a chance that if the show is good, they might be able to kind of wean some of those people or like coax them back into being fans of Game of Thrones. I don't think it's going to be as big of a cultural movement as the the original series because it's already been done and it, it's something that people have seen before and people are expecting the shock and awe value of it. So I don't think it's going to get to the height of what Game of Thrones used to be. But I think if they they make the show well, they can kind of get close to it. And of course, the show is going to be competing with Lord of the Rings, which is also a prequel series set um, thousands of years before the series that everybody knows. Um, and, and even though Game of Thrones is premiering earlier, um, Lord of the Rings is premiering on September 2nd. They are going to have eight episodes but only seven weeks of shows because the first two episodes were releasing that first week so even though game of thrones starts earlier it's still finishing later than lord of the rings so i honestly think between the two game of thrones is a much more accessible universe um tolkien's work can be very dense and very difficult to parse through and the fandom i think is a little scary sometimes very unwelcoming, a little bit rabid. Um, but I think that's also fantasy fans in general. They're very like, they, they're prone to gatekeeping. They're, they're very prone to gatekeeping their fandom and their universes. So, but I, I think because of how popular the show was of Game of Thrones, I think it might, I think it stands a chance of doing a lot better than Lord of the Rings. But Lord of the Rings has such a devoted fandom that I don't think it's going to fail by any means of the word. Yeah, when you have big properties like that, it is really tough to like either keep it going or try to write off of the write off of the hype of it. But it will really be determined by how well it is going to be received. And I hope that 
you know, if they have fan bases, people are definitely going to collapse in on it. Some of them will like it. Some of them won't. That's just how mm-hmm. that's just how it is. Now, are you, is your dad intending on watching the, the new series? Do you know that? I don't know off the top of my head. Um, I didn't even realize it was premiering like, this weekend. So <laughs> like it's supposed that... to be like this is live action, right? It's not yeah. like an animated yeah. thing. Yeah. So no, it's, he, it's he's probably going to he's probably going to end up doing it like mm-hmm. No, knowing him, he's probably gonna be like, "Oh, okay, so might might as well like catch up on certain things and have something to talk about." So, we'll see if that is the case. Are you intending on watching it at all? I don't have any background. Period. So I think I'm just mm-hmm. I'm just too stupid to to figure it out, or you know, I'm just like a couple couple years too late. <laughs> I mean, Game of Thrones, as as I said that it was accessible before. But it was still very hard to get into the first season because there's just so many characters and they don't give a lot of fast introduction to them. Mm-hmm. Um, I was only able to really follow on because I read the first book. I, I made sure to read the first book before going in. So I kind of understood what was going on because that's what had been told to me that it, it's hard to start. Um, but I think I think I mean, I'm going to watch it just because I have the HBO Max and I was a fan of the show um, and I can report we can report back next week on on my thoughts on it as well. Yeah, that'll definitely be something that, you know, I'll, I'll ask my dad about it. What he thinks? And uh, we'll see if that is the case. Um, other events that are happening this weekend as well, if you guys happen to be in the uh bay area region uh uc berkeley is going to be hosting their caltopia event this weekend um which is just kind of a, it's it's an event where a lot of the clubs go out and um wouldn't necessarily try to like recruit but more of just like um giving like tours of certain places and hanging out with you know certain club events and stuff like that so um the reason why i'm bringing this up in particular is that the esports center for UC Berkeley recently redid uh, its interior, uh, new computers, new screens. Um, and yeah, it it is open uh, for people if you guys do want to check it out. Um, from what I heard as well, there might be giveaways um, in terms of some of their old stuff that they had lying around, um, possibly gaming chairs, um, maybe some jerseys. We'll see what ha- ends up happening. Um, but that is going to be on August 22nd and 21st so the 21st and 22nd which is sunday and monday so if you guys are interested in going um feel free to check it out um try to figure out a place to park um the esports center is located in the most north part of the campus so definitely a lot of hill to deal with uh not as much as ucla uh, even though i've been there um both both campuses are super steep um, but yeah, UC Berkeley definitely um, has their esports center at literally like the peak of campus. So it does take a long time to walk up there. I wish we had like more accessible esports stuff when I was going to school because I don't know. It's like it. it... First, what am I trying to say? 
for a scene that's like really trying to grow and a lot of it like no it doesn't even like it doesn't even really depend on college kids because they're recruiting kids at 18 right for for just like generic esports in general yeah 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 you have to be minimum you're not looking 18 at, you're not looking at the college scene though right oh uh, some some teams do um if they find somebody who's really good or like dominating the college scene it's a good idea to offer them a contract mm-hmm. um which we which we have seen in valorant where like um some people who ended up playing in the collegiate scene get offered contracts and then work their way up um and yeah it, it's definitely a cool way of like figuring out if you want to take a shot at it and the the thing that i like about you know uc campuses now is that they're investing into this so that people who can't maybe afford a pc or you know don't always have access to a gaming pc now can go and just enjoy like what what games they have to offer as kind of like a extracurricular thing or mm-hmm. if they do end up taking it more seriously you know it can end up leading into winning some prize money or scholarship money yeah when, when i was at ucla there was a uh, there was a little gaming cafe not well, not gaming cafe cafe but there was a place where they had i they had tvs and they had some pc set up um it didn't for whatever reason for me it just didn't seem like the most welcoming place um and it wasn't like a very big or particularly good facility from what i could see but now like they've they've got like the actual facilities they've got they're developing more into esports like you said kevin um and also like you said like had had that been an option i might have explored pc gaming a little bit more because like with with a mac like i use like it's not the preferred system for for internet gaming a lot of the time you can't play as many games as if you were on a windows or if you were on a linux so um i think it's a valuable resource i think it's a, a good way for people even if they're not looking to compete like just to have a good time and to explore like the different avenues of gaming that would have been really cool to have back when I was studying and didn't have my PlayStation with me. Yeah. It's, it's going to be really interesting and really cool to see the next generation actually have access to this kind of thing. Um, I mean, I felt like our timing in terms of like uh, graduating and then eventually like seeing where the esports scene is now it's it's just unnaturally like mean timing so uh yeah well we'll we'll see how cal esports is uh event center looks um i'm probably gonna see if i get stopped by if i don't get scheduled for work um but otherwise i do think that we are we're, we're pretty much set for this week there's no, there's not a lot of other things that we really do need to cover well, in that case, thank you for listening to all the things that have happened this week in Geek. Um, any cl- closing thoughts for you, Kevin, or we just want to wrap it up here? Um, if anybody is planning on watching any of the Pokemon World Championships, feel free to do so. Um, I'm going to be having a watch party for Pokemon Unite specifically, um, but there are a whole bunch of tournaments going on. Uh, make sure to go check uh, check out what's going on. Um, And uh, go get a Happy Meal or something. I don't know. (laughs) (laughs) All right, everybody. Thank you for tuning in to our brand new show, the first episode of This Week in Geek, where we're going to be bringing you 
um, different aspects of geek culture that make the news each weekend, explain them to you in the best way that we can. Um, thank you guys for tuning in and we'll catch you next week. Adios. Thank you for listening to believe you can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at believe.com and search for B L E A V on YouTube.